and welcome to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Kankakee, Illinois. This is the sermon for the week of February 17, 2019, the sixth Sunday after the Epiphany. This week's sermon is entitled Happiness or Joy and is based on Luke chapter 6, verses 17 through 26. It was preached by Pastor Carl Cope. First today, in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message comes from the Gospel reading. Let us pray. Lord, bless us today with your presence. Bless us as we live for you each day. Bless us with the joy and the happiness that can only come from your hand. As we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, for you are our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. I read an article uh, that uh, the most popular course in the history of Yale University was offered in the fall of 2017. It was titled Psych 157, Psychology and the Good Life. Nearly one-fourth of Yale undergraduates registered for that class. And Laura Santos, the psychology professor who teaches the course, says that she tries to teach students how to lead a, a happier, more satisfying life. No wonder the course caught on. A, a 2013 uh, Yale College Council found that more than half of undergraduates sought mental health care from the university while enrolled. Now, one of the things Santos' principal lessons is, is the things that Yale undergraduates most associate with achieving happiness, things like a high grade, a, a prestigious internship, a good-paying job. She lets them know these things do not increase happiness at all. She says, scientists didn't realize this in the same way 10 years or so ago. Our intuitions about what will make us happy, like winning the lottery, getting good grades, she says, are totally wrong. Happiness. When you think of being happy, what kind of image pops into your mind? What are some of the happiest moments of your life? I'm sure you can probably think of some truly happy moments. I mean, I know I can. I can think of times with my family when I was growing up, uh, many of whom are now gone. Uh, those time with them in their party, in those parties or those celebrations when everybody was together, ah, that, that's true happiness, right? I can remember at the end of a long journey when I graduated from seminary and God was taking me to a place called Kankakee uh, and uh, to share my gifts and to... Uh, for me to learn more about him, that was a happy time. I can think of sending Linda on a scavenger hunt that ended up with me on one knee, uh, proposing to her uh, and her saying yes, happiness. For many of us, a lot of family occasions uh, are some of the happiest in our lives, aren't they? Uh, whether it's a wedding day or when children are born, when, when we see kids graduate or, or maybe spending fun times with the grandkids. <laughs> But let me ask you this question. What are those things that help you to be a happy person? What are those things, what are those qualities that enable you to truly be happy? Is it food? Is it family? Is it friends? Is it health? Is it clothing? Is it good relationships? Is it a roof over your head? Is it money in the bank? Is it knowing that you're loved? Is it 
all of those things? Is it just some of those things? Or is it something else entirely? What are the ingredients that create a recipe of happiness for you? You know, our view of happiness often depends on our circumstances and our environment. Think of the young man or woman who thinks that true happiness is finding that right person only to later find out that true happiness is an escape from an abusive relationship. Think of the teenager that that really wants that, that freedom of the car, that happiness of that time, and finding out that things cost money. <laughs> Insurance and gas and oil and tires and repairs. Think of your friend who, who thinks happiness is an accumulation of wealth, only to find out that money can, con- can control your life if you're not careful. Happiness is common desire, yet... So few people seem to have true happiness. The happiness that we put in a, uh, maybe in a category like the, the four-leaf clover, the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, right? It seems that it's really elusive, that it's unattainable or impossible. It's a goal that we strive for, yet when that goal is reached, we realize that it's temporary and fading. In our gospel reading today, we hear something pretty familiar, as I mentioned at the beginning of the service. In Luke chapter 6, it sounds a lot like Matthew chapter 5, the Sermon on the Mount, doesn't it? Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who hunger now, for you will be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when men hate you, when they exclude you and insult you and reject your name as evil. Because of the Son of Man, rejoice in that day and leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how their fathers treated the prophets. Blessed are you. I guess we really need to start with that word, right, that Jesus uses to introduce each of these phrases that we have known as more like the Beatitudes. Uh, Translators struggle with that word, makarios in Greek, and to give it that modern equivalent to blessed. Uh, They've used words or phrases to try to do it. Uh, Some have used happy, right? Happy are you uh, who are poor. Or happy or or well, uh, you're well off if you're poor. You're well off if you hunger now. But you're you're happy or you're well off really don't cut it, do they? When it comes to what Jesus is saying. You see, when I'm happy... It's the circumstances that make me happy. I'm happy because it's my birthday, sometimes. <laughs> I'm happy because everything's going well, uh, whether it's at work or in family. I'm happy today because of maybe it's the happy circumstances that ha- make me happy. <laughs> but that doesn't quite fill it, does it? Maybe the biblical concept of joy fits much better. What Jesus is saying here is something quite different. That you can be joyful and unhappy at the same time. Joy has to do with the Spirit of God living within you. Joy has to do with that, that smile of God in every part of your life. Joy has to do with the assurance that God is with you, that God is in you, that in all circumstances. Joy has to do with knowing that in all circumstances of life, both good and bad, that God is in control and takes care of you. Joy is knowing that that God has that plan, that purpose, that prayer for you, even when the circumstances 
are unhappy. This means that you can be joyful even during unhappy circumstances. And so we could read the passage like this, filled with divine joy, or maybe filled with God-given happiness, or simply, joyful are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. See, this kind of happiness, or this kind of blessedness, only comes from the grace of God when he lifts us up beyond our circumstances. See how this works. In the third phrase, Jesus said, Joyful are you who weep, for you will laugh. That's a little strange, isn't it? Joyful are you who weep? I mean, it sounds like an oxymoron, like a contradiction in terms, but, but it really isn't. It's not confusing if we understand the gospel and God-given joy. You know, death has touched uh, the families of St. Paul's with some years greater than others, and within the past year, uh, Pastor Handel and I have performed quite a few funerals, and, and we've said some farewells to uh, some of our very regular and faithful members. We've, we've said goodbye to some very good friends. Death fills us with tears, with grief and sadness and emptiness, but in spite of this unhappiness, and the tears that are shed, there's joy, isn't there? Joy because we know that for sure that those who have left us are now with Jesus Christ. Joy knowing that Jesus has conquered the grave, as we heard in the uh, first reading today. Joy is knowing that he's reconciled us with our Heavenly Father, and it fills us with joy as we celebrate their entrance into eternal life where there is nothing of the sadness or sorrow that we're experiencing right now. It is true that those who weep are filled with God-given joy because they're comforted by God's love, knowing that He is there with them, standing beside them, even in the deepest sadness. They have Jesus' promise that death has been defeated, and those who live and believe in Him will have eternal life. Maybe we need to hear these words of Jesus with new ears, right? I mean, this isn't as extensive a list as we have as the Beatitudes in Matthew. But let's look at these again. Joyful are you who are poor, those who depend only on God, for yours is the kingdom of God. Joyful are you who hunger now, uh, that you have this hunger, this, this thirst for righteousness, and, and when you desire God's will and ways to be a part of your life, you're going to be satisfied. Joyful are you who weep when, when you mourn and when you are saddened by what sin and death has done, not only in your life, but maybe in the lives of your family and friends. Or when you grieve for those who are suffering, for in faith, your tears are turned to laughter. Joyful are you when people hate you, when they exclude you, when they insult you, when they reject your name as evil because of Jesus Christ. When you risk it all to stand up for Him and His word and His truth, Rejoice in that day. Leap for joy, because great is your reward in heaven, for that is how the fathers treated the prophets. Can you see that Jesus' definition of what it means to be blessed? It doesn't depend on us. It doesn't depend on what's happening around us. The joyful sayings of Jesus present us with a whole new idea of what it means to be happy. True happiness has to do with knowing God. True happiness has to do with knowing, belonging to God's kingdom. True happiness has to do with 
being a part of God's family. True happiness has to do with relying on Jesus' love for us. True happiness has to do with being certain that we're never alone. That He will always stand beside us and hold us up when the journey is rough and especially when it is difficult. You see, it's all about the grace of God. It's hardly a a popular view, especially when the world uh, uh, depends, uh, uh, worldly happiness depends so much on other things, right? On money, on a house, on the right car, the right friend, being free from sickness, from death, or anything else that upsets our happiness. But Jesus was one for making true statements. True happiness, true joy is in God alone. Perhaps it's better said that we have true happiness when when God finds us and chases us down. You see, in the midst of all the difficulties we have as we live out our Christian faith each day, when we are sad and when we're upset, when we're disappointed and depressed, when others reject us and ridicule us for sticking up for our faith, we were trying to show mercy and love and bring about peace and we're told just to stay out. In that moment, God meets us. In that moment, God strengthens us. He comforts us. He helps us endure. He gives us that courage to move on and that fills us with joy. I know I've shared the story before, but if you remember October 2nd, 2006, five Amish schoolgirls were murdered and five were wounded at the Nickel Mines Amish Schoolhouse in Pennsylvania. The murderer took his own life. The rest of the world was horrified and angry at this horrific massacre. Even though the the Amish parents of these children were terribly hurt and grief-stricken, as you might imagine, they just stunned the world uh, by immediately forgiving the killer of the children. They attended his funeral, They even showed compassion and kindness to his widow and children. In writing about the incident, someone said the Amish commitment to forgive is not a small patch tacked onto their fabric of faithfulness. Rather, their commitment to forgive is intricately woven into the lives of their communities. And even the Amish were surprised at the attention they received in the media uh, for that forgiveness. One man asked, why is everyone surprised? (laughs) It's standard Christian forgiveness It's what everybody should be doing. I don't doubt that many in the community were filled with sadness and grief. But there was a God-given joy that enabled them to rise above that unhappiness and any thoughts of retribution. And they were given the power by God to extend kindness and forgiveness. That's what Jesus is talking about when he says, Joyful are you who weep now, for you will laugh. The other Beatitudes in Matthew 5 where Jesus says, Joyful are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. These sayings are all about God's grace. You don't have to do something to earn happiness. In fact, it cannot be earned. It's received as a gift from God. It's a pure gift of grace. That's the secret of true happiness. That's the secret of true joy, the kind that rises above our circumstances and gives us peace in the midst of the chaos. 
You may be suffering a great deal from sickness and grief. You may be persecuted for declaring your faith in Jesus Christ. You may be upset about your own sinfulness or the weakness of your faith. You may be disappointed that those uh, and those that have failed to show love toward you. Whatever the case, you can still be joyful. Joyful in the knowledge that you are one of God's own precious children. Joyful that He sent His Son to die for you. Joyful that He's given you His Holy Spirit to inspire you, to strengthen you, and encourage you when everything has been turned upside down. St. Paul, he knew sadness. He knew disappointment. He knew poverty. But even he was able to able to say, I have all the strength I need to, to, to face the conditions by the power alone that Christ has given me. This is the kind of true blessedness. This is the true happiness. This is the godly joyfulness that no circumstance, no person can take away from us. That is life in Christ. That's true happiness and true joy. Amen. Please rise. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Kankakee, Illinois. You can find this and other podcasts by going to stpaulslutheran.net and clicking the sermons button at the top of the page. Thank you for listening and God's blessings.